Heaven high. Right, get on with it. 30 minutes. Go. What episode is it? Uh, episode 248 of the Rum Doings podcast. Oh, yeah, I remember uh, those. Do you remember how to do this? I've been doing other podcasts with Rock Paper Shotgun to keep oh. my keep my penis in. <laughs> I was, you know what? I was actually going to do the same thing. I was thinking, what would be the most inappropriate way of deconstructing that euphemism? And then you did it. Good. Thanks. Why is there banging around there? Uh, I just clicked my fingers. Just clicked your penis. Could you tell me what the topic is today, please? The topic today is with the uh, recent death of Ken Dodd. Is there no hope for family-friendly light entertainment? Ken Dodd managed to leave us unscathed by yew tree. This is true. Not he uh, didn't manage to leave the HMRC unscathed. <laughs> well, I think they more they scathed him more than he scathed. That's true. Him. Can you scathe somebody? I am right now. Okay. Good luck. Um, so what's been happening since we last talked? I think, Nothing much. I think that uh, they discovered relativity. They? They. There was a Second World War. What else? Anything else? Um, there was that one episode of that TV show. Oh, Faulty Towers. Yes, that was Ugh. good. I enjoyed Should we that talk about one. how rubbish Faulty Towers is? Yeah, we've done that several trillion times. Should we do it again? No. Um, it's rubbish. It's amazing. John Cleese is still around. He's very old. They're all very old. They are. You met one before he went mad. I did. Do you feel a bit and weird one, about that? One many years after he went mad. Last week I was with the lady wife in Colorado in a town called Breckenridge, which is very high up. It's three kilometers up in the sky. Ugh. And if you spend your time three kilometers up in the sky, you get a preview of what it's like to be a 70-year-old. You know, you walk, up a, <laughs> uh, you walk up a very shallow path and you're panting for breath and you have to have a little sit-down. When oh. you wanted a cup of tea, did you put the kettle on before you went to bed? This is America. They don't have kettles. Oh, that's true. Did you start boiling the water before you went to bed to have tea in the morning? <laughs> well, this is also very high altitude. So it's a, yes, uh, you it know. takes forever to boil water at high altitude. And, and, then, and then when you have boiled the water, it loses all its heat within two and a half seconds. Uh, <laughs> that's nice. But also being in America, you, uh, uh, you know, they've got puny 110 volts and the little electric stove. So you put the um, water, the kettle, which of course for them is just a metal can on top of the stove. Mm-hmm. And then you wait several days, and then just before you fly back, you can have a lukewarm cup of tea. That's nice. Mm. I was comped to go to a conference and tell a story to people about Derrida. Why? Which I'm sure all the doctors, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the doctors and uh, medical practitioners in the audience were very happy about. But I decided that's what I would do anyway. Was it a friendly crowd? Was it everyone on side, or was it a controversial conference? Um, it was pretty much a, an echo chamber. Yeah. There's a clue in its name. It's called Low Carb Breckenridge. So yeah. so let's just say there weren't very many pasta makers and bakers there. Very disappointing. I did buy myself a uh, glucometer, though, for the first time because it was cheap. Hang on, didn't you? I'm sure you used to play with one of those many years ago. No, I had a breath thing, but this, oh, is, yes. this is one where you prick yourself. Oh, OK. And I'd always been too scared to do that with uh, with a lance. I thought, no, no, I can't do that. Are you mad? Causing your own self-harm. And then <laughs> one, one of Judith's classmates is a type 1 diabetic who basically gets, has to uh, be stabbed about seven times a day. And I thought, well, a seven-year-old boy seems to be available, able to do it. So this, <laughs> that's a bit pathetic. You and the, the best way to describe it is a very – it feels kind of like a very mild static electric shock, like you've touched a doorknob. And it's not that one of those really bad ones. You think, oh, my goodness, but – one of our, oh, for goodness sake, ones. So if anybody you, wants to try it, that's how it works. 
Are you aware that you are now fully in the cult? Yes. You're I'm very happy to be. injecting yourself. Well, no, I'm not... I, I, hope I know I'm not. you're not. You're withdrawing rather than depositing. Uh, yeah, I'm withdrawing. I'm, I'm desanguinating myself. I, I was curious to are see... Are you bloodletting? Is that what the theory is? Well, it would be a very inefficient way of bloodletting. <laughs> Um, if I am bloodletting, it's when I give uh, my blood donations. I've got one on Friday. They've been begging me. They say that they're running a bit low on O negative, so I shall You're running pop... a bit low on Nick positive. So, so, so actually, John, what I, I'll just pop in and, and save some lives, shall I? Just save Can some allow, lives with my allow... with my bodily fluids. You've never saved any lives with your bodily fluids. They allow libeled blood, do they? Thank you so much. <laughs> I thought after the article you sent me the other day, that would yeah. be a good joke. I enjoy. I I I enjoy our. Uh, <coughs> I enjoy our Corb- Corbin conversations. It's always fun. Oh, yes. Mm. So uh, nobody... On I've given blood, podcast, by the way. Up. Thank you very much. You I've can't saved because plenty you, of lives. No, you haven't given blood because you're on mad medication and they don't Not want your mad blood. for a long while, blood. admittedly, but I have in the past. Nobody wants your mad blood. They'll be, true. they'll be turned into King George III if they, they have it injected into their veins. Imagine getting John's blood, listener. Can you imagine? Think about it. You'd suddenly... Start writing about poor video games. I think you were probably being unfair about that video game about pickup <laughs> artists. I've just got to. De- I've decided you. Probably I was being were. unfair about laughing at how dreadful it was. I've decided you were because I. I uh-huh. guess that you were probably judging it ideologically rather than aesthetically. That's no, what, that's um, what I guessed. I haven't actually read it. Obviously, obviously not. No, no. I, in, I decided indeed, I, that. I decided to play it just to sort of see, is there going to be a fun article? You know, we don't, we don't want to mm. write about this silly man. I mean, Leisure Suit uh, Larry no was a pick-up artist game as well, after all. It, it, no, it was more of a put-down artist game. Leisure Suit Larry never, I think it was Leisure Suit Larry 6, he finally succeeded in getting a girl to like him. It was, it was mm. not exactly successful in his techniques, it was quite no. the opposite. No. But this guy, no, it's not even a game, it was just instructional videos where you choose your own, you choose what way re- the, the 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 rat-faced man reacts to the actress who can barely hide her contempt for him and what's if i was expecting either it was just going to be revolting and we just ignore it because you know why why advertise it or it was going to be dreadful and i could take the piss out of it and it was the latter but i was not expecting anywhere near that dreadful that uh he, he, this is a man who um his, his, his professed career is to teach other people how to woo the ladies well that's to... fair enough come on uh you know plenty of men are quite bad and also very sort of timid at knowing how to yeah, the ladies and i think and there is room for you know maybe smarten yourself up a bit this uh, is be why, interesting and so on this is what's interesting about the pickup artist community is that they that's how they pretend that's they're they are very much like a um an upselling uh, con so they pretend that's what they are it's about confidence it's about you know have you been rejected have you been friend zoned to girls mm. always like are you a nice guy that girls always reject for a whole are you bastards? called john walker yeah well i was i was you I, were in I, that I, position I was very much. I very much felt sorry for myself in that way in my twenties, and you were very upset about all the way you were friend zoned constantly. Yeah, absolutely. And why? Because I was the baddie in that situation. It took me a long time. I remember seeing. I must dig it out. A really good YouTube video. But God, you're so you're so self hating. You've decided you were a baddie. No, 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 not like no, no. My motivation. So, so I was um, this idea that uh, that the the, girl, the woman was doing something wrong by not being sexually attracted to me, like that she was somehow faulty for not finding my desperate niceness attractive. <laughs> exactly, that's what I mean. And so, and and they pick up on that. They pick up on that that idea. And and uh, I, I like to think I would have been smart enough to have recognised it as, as. I think it's, you're right. It's woo. It's, I think it, you're right, though. I think you're right. It is the desperate. It's not the niceness. 
It's the desperate niceness. Yes, yeah, it's the desperation yeah. that puts that puts the la- off the ladies. Well, it puts off the nice men. Well, it puts off the men as well, to be honest. But well, I, yes, I, this is a very heteronormative uh, world of pickup artists. No, I'm not even. D- no, I'm not even saying the gay man. I think I think desperate niceness is not an attractive quality, even platonically. Oh no, I agree absolutely, yeah. and that was me in my twenties. So yeah. I, I completely, uh, uh, completely admit to that. But what? I don't know how I into- stuck with you. This guy, Richard. I wasn't. Richard. I wasn't desperately nice, was I, John? No, but you were. You were was... exactly a, a a bad guy. Anyway, Richard yeah. Laruna, who is the guy in this, um, when you actually look into what he actually does, you see you can find the videos online of him explaining how to sexually assault women and get away with it, how to grope, how to grab vaginas. And Hold on a moment. And Hold on. No, charged. it sounds it sounds to me like you're doing a reductio ad absurdum. No, really not. So that's a that's that's a very generous. You've just committed libel here. He John, shows and you're a, always the one who's worried about doing. He's that. a lady on stage, and he shows you how to how to touch her breast and how to touch her, her front bottom and get away with it. It's sort of that's, that's, that's maybe the lady wants her front bottom to be touched, John. Maybe, maybe that lady on stage did, but it's not, you know, it's strange. I don't think, I think he, that's why we have sexual assault laws. I don't think he says go on a tube and touch a lady's front bottom. No, he says go into a nightclub and this is how, or if you're chatting with a girl at a bar and you want to touch her breast long before you'd normally be able to, here's a way to do it, that sort of thing. And it's, it's just really creepy, mm. nasty, pervy, oh, ma- uh, man what if in a consent? dirty Mac What if she stuff? says, actually, you know, what if she says, actually, do you know what? That little dance you've done over there is good enough to award you a then breast great. rope. Then great. Good for her. But good so you're saying him. it's well trying to both of them. So you're saying that the, it, it, it goes beyond that and she does, she won't even realise she's yes, agreed that's right. to so it. it He's, sh- he's showing ways to ac- make it look like it's accidental, or he even claims she won't even notice because that's how much contact he's ever had with a woman. Um, and he also claims that when you brush against the breast, it causes their nipple to become aroused, and then on an unconscious level, they're more sexually attracted to you and stuff. Basically, he's just a really creepy, rapey man. I'm not saying he's a rapist, but you know what I mean. Mm. Um, creepy. And he, um, yeah, so that's, and he's like the nicest of all of the, the, these ones. See, they're a really bad lot. Anyway, in this video, he's incapable of holding a cogent conversation with an actress being paid to pretend to like him. That's <laughs> how bad he is at his job. And that's why this game is so remarkable. There's a certain irony in that, isn't there? Yes. Mm. It was kind of, but it ends up, it ends up being really tragic. You're watching this. No, it is, yes. Sad, like an almost proper tragic. Like he's proper he's sitting, pathetic. Exactly proper pathetic. He's there talking to these actresses who are very good at improvisation. That's the thing that really came out of this. How good well, they you were think at improvising ladies, you think, you think pretty ladies can't improvise? Do you? Okay, fine. No, no, no. Each and every one. I'm saying is each and every one yeah. of them coped with this terrible actor, and and he would just end every sentence by going everything they said. He'd go, oh yeah, great, yeah, and sort of look down <laughs> at his shoes, and then it would cut. <laughs> And then it would cut back to the next bit. And you just realise that if, the, if this kid didn't have the camera cutting, every single one of these people would have just made their excuses and left as he just yeah. mumbled at his shoes. Hmm. Absolutely extraordinary. But yeah, horrible. And when you if it's if you don't read the article, it's worth reading the comments just to see how many sort of upset young men are writing. But 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 there's these guys are, you know, women are horrible to us and we deserve deserve better. There are plenty of horrible women, I agree. There are very many horrible women. I went out with a few of them. Women are 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 are, are very good at being horrible in very specific sorts of ways. So um I I think there is possibly some mileage in learning how men can be horrible in particular ways and and which women should probably learn i suspect late, recent uh, developments have suggested that's probably wise mm-hmm. and maybe ways of learning okay watch out if a, if a woman is manipulating you in a particular way as well or if she's uh, doing any particular thing that's more associated with being a woman i don't know whether that's something that's societal 
or whether it's biological, and I don't really care, but there are, there seem to be ways that both genders push each other's buttons in ways they don't wish to be pushed. And we should probably be a, aware of them so that we can say, no, we're not putting up with that nonsense any longer. And there's then, plenty, there's and plenty then we'll of, be all happy. There's plenty of good advice that needs to be given out. Someone I'll tell you what's to... not good advice. Yeah? That book, that book that you used to lionize. Men Which are, book is that? I've, m- never, from read, I've never read a planet. single page of it. Men are you, from Mars, women are from Venus. I've never read oh, a single you, page. You dirty, filthy, lying Judas. I swear that's 100% true. I've never read a page of that book. All I have done how, is how quote a theory that someone else told me was in that book. You used to masturbate over that book. I swear to you, I did not. You know, no, that didn't work, John. What she should have said is, I swear to you, I did, and that's why I couldn't open any of the pages. No, that doesn't really work. It does, because it could have seeped in. I'm thinking if you hold the book sort of in a way so that you've got the leaves of the of the opposite side of the spine and kind of seeps in there and then sticks it together like, like glue. I that think does work. The, the, the thing I knew from that book that I thought was good advice and probably don't anymore was mm-hmm. the idea that in broad generalizations had argued that mm-hmm. um, when there's a problem, men want someone to suggest a solution, whereas women want someone to hear that they, they've got a problem. I think I, what, I think that there is a lot no, of truth no, let me interrupt you because I love interrupting. I love interrupting you, so let me do I know. it. Okay, good. I'm now too messant. What, what <laughs> I, th- I, I don't think that's terrible advice, actually. But what I think you then have to be very careful of is realizing that actually this will be the one time where you know what the man actually just wants to listen, and this is the one time where the woman actually wants a bit of useful advice. Exactly. You, there, there's, there's, the no hun- there's nothing ubiquitous to it. And indeed, I know lots of men who are the other way around and women who are the other way around. So, but it's just, it's a really good thing to know about your friends, to work out, is your friend someone who wants exactly. to be heard or someone who wants to be responded to? And, and whether they might suddenly change their mind about that and you'll still be in the old mode, which you have mm. to detect. You know, actually, oh, he didn't just want me to nod and go, hmm, but wanted, wanted to know the answer to that question. Well, that's what we need. What do we used to call it on Bemley? Not fourth level. Something Robert Morgan had a term that he introduced, which was about the 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 like the four stages of conversation he described, where the first is Ooh. small talk, the second is just kind of more personal interaction, the third is deep, meaningful communication, and then the fourth was acknowledging the systems by which the conversation meta take place meta yeah meta. and and he introduced it and i've i've found that such a useful thing ever since like laura and i operate on the fourth that fourth level so much of oh, the time yeah. to prevent ourselves from misunderstanding each other you have to you have yeah. to i think and i wonder whether a lot of uh divorces are because people don't reach meta that could be true uh, i do think that you know they say it's a lack of communication and a lack of communication sounds very trite doesn't it it means mm. oh you don't talk to me about your feelings no no it's not it's much more sophisticated than that it's it's talking to you about how we expect to be talked about our feelings and things like that yeah. we, as you say it has to get very meta and sometimes even a bit recursive and you have Indeed. to catch yourself in the moment and analyze stop. the conversation as you're having the conversation so analyze it and have it at the same time and it's a really difficult thing to be able mm. to do and i'm really glad that laura and i have frequently mastered we still you know we still get cross of course but there are also other, times but... there are times where you you i don't know whether you do this where i say it would feel very, um, I, I, don't, I don't know, I get a lot of catharsis by saying this now, mm-hmm. but what would that actually achieve and what would the cost be? So just don't say it. See, that's something I've yet to master. That's something, a burden that Laura bears. Oh, very often I master it in retrospect. <laughs> <laughs> that's good.
but you know it, that, that that's I think that's the next step. The next step is um, putting up with a bloody tongue. But some sometimes it is very difficult. It's like shaking a coke can and then opening it and expecting it not to spurt. I've got to say this: it's the most brilliant thing that anybody said in the world. And <laughs> she'll suddenly realise that she's wrong about these things. Yes, of course, it always works like that, doesn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Mm, gosh. So um, you're going to America as well, aren't you? I'm going on Sunday. You see, but you won't have that feeling because we flew back from Colorado from Breckenridge. So we've been a, a week at three kilometers up. Mm-hmm. So we were when we were in the airplane flying back, we were at a lower altitude pressurized than we'd been that whole week. So the, the, so the flight seemed very refreshing. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Which is not, really not something I'd experienced before. I'm going to have quite the opposite because I'm going to fly back with the usual uh, eight-hour time lag, and then Britain's going to have tagged on an extra hour for me for when I land. Where are you going, did you say? San Francisco. Oh, yes. Do, do tell us how the um, the homeless population are, are, are bearing up. I, I can't imagine they'll be that happy. I haven't been to America for two years. Two years? Do you think they'll even still remember who you are? I know. Their king finally returns. Remember to get your Esther... I just I did it last night. And do you know, it did that thing, you know, normally when you do your Esther and it pops back immediately. So it's, this could take up to 72 hours and you think, yeah. oh, please don't take 72 hours. And then it instantly says you're approved. Mine did the thing that goes, we can't approve you straight away. There's going to be, you'll receive a notification within 72 hours. Like, what have I done wrong? It was such an innocuous form. And then uh, I just refer- I just pressed the button, check your status. And it said it was approved. So. <laughs> So somebody's just a busy server or something. Oh, no, somebody was very quick. Oh, hold on. Is that, which, which, which of the eight, eight John Walkers on the watch yes. list is yeah. this one? Oh, yeah, it's okay. He's, it's he's that bland not, man. He's not going to blow up the plane with his shoe. They've changed the Esther really bizarrely since 2000. The last time I did it was 2014. How so? Uh, they've now added questions. You have to put your parents' names in. That felt mm. really weird putting my dead dad's name in. I was like, what? Do you, do you need to know my dead dad's name? I don't think you yes. can be able to what contact him in an emergency. Him? What if he causes trouble? He's more likely to cause trouble on the flight than my mum. Yes. He's less corporeal than she is. Yes, exactly. Um, as a ghosty, <laughs> exactly. cause all sorts of problems. Yeah. But the uh, and then you also have to put in your employee's address, employer's address, and, and a name and all this stuff. This is all really bizarrely detailed, and and just makes you feel really judged as as mm-hmm. you start filling in the form. And there's even a box to put in your social media if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. I'd love for you to just volunteer more ambiguous information to this crazy system did you volunteer did you i did not volunteer my social media i mean did, if they want did to you burden up, your can. soul i did tweet about how strange the form was and then think maybe i'll delete that tweet before i go because yeah. i keep hearing about people at customs having their twitter accounts read through oh dear which is all very peculiar i think that um i made the right decision then i joined the global entry thing What's that? It's where you have to fill in even more forms. You mm-hmm. then pay them a bribe. Yep. And then they give you a... And then when you next fly to the US, you have to have a meeting with somebody at the airport who, who look you in your eyes and make you promise never to blow up America or a plane. <laughs> yep. And if you do, then you get to use um, a special machine where you never have to meet anybody when, wow. you, when you land. Which I did you don't have time. to go through customs. Well, you, everybody goes through customs, and that, okay, you, but, so you, but you don't. But you the biometrics and all that. But the part, yeah. But but there's a machine. You put your hand down there, and then you, and then it just says, "Yes, you can enter," and you go in, and that's it. 
Oh, I love the sound of that because my anxiety is always on fire when I go through it. US me, customs. It took me. I timed it. It took me from from walking into the customs hall to leaving yeah. the customs hall three minutes and fifteen <gasps> seconds. Not three hours and fifteen minutes. Oh <laughs> no. my gosh! No. So they. I mean, what, what was annoying is one was one of the rare times where I actually checked in some baggage. So of course I was through far too quickly, and the baggage wasn't there. So yeah, do it if you don't check in baggage, and you'll you'll feel an almost unbearable sense of smugness. I used to have that coming home with the iris thing. I the, the iris was a uh, almost no one heard of it before yes. it was abandoned. But yes. for a few years there, I could cut the, all the custom lines that he threw in Gatwick because I once found I'd heard about it somewhere, and then I found the office, and it was really like a, a janitor cupboard down Did an tell. odd corridor with a. A, a handwritten sign sellotaped to the door yes went in got set up for that and then every time i got back i could just walk straight past the lines except for you always always stood in line behind someone who had wandered into that line not oh. knowing what it was but seeing a short queue and then you had to wait for them to have it explained to them 14 times why it wasn't going to work and they needed to go back and join the back of the last line and then somebody legitimate would be in front of you who suddenly had apparently gotten eye cancer that never happened to me, but, you know. That happened to me, and then they would say, oh, but it did work in the thing. Take a few classes here. No, it still doesn't. And then they'd have to go through again. And and then this time we used the biometric passports that he threw. Um, this year, I hope your passport's got a chip in it. Of course. Um, then, of course, the idiots don't put it in properly, or they don't Ugh. hold it down. There is something. It's, it's a very bad design, though, because you have to put push the passport down underneath the little hatch thing face down and make sure that the scanner works properly and so what's the point of having a chip in it if you also then need to yeah. have 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 my hand act as part of your machine's opera apparatus that's a good point i really i assumed it's just scanning the barcode but you're right there's a chip it doesn't need to scan the barcode no hence only allowing people going in with the chip so i mean it's just the whole thing seems to be a little bit heath robinson but 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 there you are um, i really do want to, i know someone who's put an arfid chip in their palm mm-hmm. and they just program it with you so when they go to conferences they just program the uh the, the uh, lanyard chip into the hand so they could just use the hand to scan into conference sessions and stuff be good if they could do that with the hotel room door as well some of oh, them yes. some of them have arfids but most of them still have the slidey thing where you have to slide it in yep. four times before the little green light goes green <laughs> and our front door is an arfid lock now i could just unlock the front door with my hand oh is it you're living phone. in you're living in the year 2000 i sure am when we got that we had to get a new front door because the old one was rubbish and i said to the guy when he came around to do the fitting do you have uh do the do you have keyless locks yet and he said oh yeah we've just started getting them in would you like one um we'll give it you for free and then you can tell other people about them that's their wow. logic and so it was like 400 pounds worth of lock uh, here's uh, here's what i have to tell everyone don't get them the rubbish how so they're just slow and noisy so you hold up the key fob mm-hmm. and then after about three seconds the green light comes about two seconds the green light comes on another three seconds you hear the whirrings unlocks the door but then it goes beep boop beep boop beep boop for no reason. And then when you lock the door, you just pull the handle up inside. It goes, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop. And then there's 30 seconds. And then suddenly, for no reason at all, it goes, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, again, after you've forgotten what it was. And it's so annoying. Saying that, I did go out without my keys once and I could unlock the door with my phone. So that was good. Mm, Deary me. useful. You also cut out. I hope it was only at, at, at my end. Only at your out. end. I was here. My um, end. Yes, you, you cut out my end. But I did, I did hear a lot of beeping, so that was important. The other thing is I could send the uh, data to you. Say you were coming around to my house mm-hmm. and you didn't have a key and we were out. I could just send you a key to your phone and you could get in. 
So actually, it is perfect and good and wonderful. So those are, yes, but it is, but the, every every aspect of it is just low tech. It needs to, it needs a few more iterations to be satisfactory. All right, I'll allow it. Good. So um, at the moment, we are, I think we're soon going to be seeking a next series to watch. What What are you watching? Uh, we've just restarted Buffy, I'm afraid. No, that's unacceptable. I don't think it will survive. As we re- not no. as good as we remembered. I told you, you, you you've ruined a lovely old memory. Uh, I've been watching the new Jessica Jones. I'm in midway through the final episode of that. I've heard people say that the beginning of it was problematic. No. Maybe it gets better. It wasn't problematic at all. It was great. It's mm. astoundingly bleak. Every time I think it's reached its bleakest depth, it then just plunges mm. deeper. Mm. Um, so, uh, but that's all of it. I like all of those. I mean, uh, what's the terrible one? Mr. Kung Fu Hands. Mr. Kung Fu Hands, indeed. indeed. That was that was not good. But I enjoy all those programs. Okay. Have you watched, and I'm very sorry for your anti-swearing rule, but have you watched Shit's Creek? Ship's Creek, no. Shit's Creek. C-S-C-H-I-T-T apostrophe S Creek. No, what's it about? That's on Netflix. It's about a uh, very oh, rich family who get yes. called for tax evasion and have to, and they have to the go only to a thing motel. They have left is a town that they own. We saw episode. Yes, I watched episode one, possibly episode two, and I think we found it a little too strained. It's, yeah, so we're on episode. Does it get we've watched, better? We've watched. Well, we've only watched three, but we quite like it. And because it's Christopher, it, it's that whole Christopher Guest family. You, yeah, you uh, do try to forgive him a lot, don't you? It is not Christopher, Christopher Guest. It's Eugene Levy and his family actually same doing it, thing, but it's same the same thing. gang. Yes, indeed. Um, mm. What else have I been watching? Let me just hang on. Just let me load up the correct application. I'm letting you. Uh, nothing good there. Obviously, John Oliver got one of those to no, watch tonight. I'm good. You don't I'm like good. John. I thought you liked John Oliver. You know, I don't like any of that lot. Oh, I thought you liked him. Uh, okay, no. I have a very good show for you to watch. Okay, Ash versus Evil Dead. Really? Yes. Good. You're not being funny. Not at all. So. The Evil Dead movies, uh, Evil Dead 1 and 2 are sort of... 2 is a remake of 1 without the gruesome rape scene that they regretted ever putting in it. Um, and so Evil Dead 2 is much, much... It's a tree raping a lady. Anyway, episode mm-hmm. ev- so. Evil, Evil Dead 2 is not together much funnier and better movie. They made Evil Dead 1 in their college holidays. It was, you know, the, the moon effect is made by shining a torch through a fish tank and then cutting it onto a different coloured background sky. It's very... It's a great job mm. for, how, you know, Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi just mucking around in the holidays. But anyway, Evil Dead 2 is amazing, a brilliant horror movie. Evil Dead 3 is a very funny fantasy film. And then it's just been, it was gone for many, many years. And then they brought it all back with Sam Raimi making the first episode and then stepping back to let it all run. But I, Ivan Raimi's involved. Uh, Bruce Campbell is obviously the star. And it's so good. And Series 3, there was worries about Series 3. It's just started because the showrunner left after a big fight over how they'd end Series 2. But mm-hmm. it's just kicked off amazingly. It's just so brilliant. And the gore is phenomenal. The monsters are genuinely frightening in some episodes. Oh, which good. is very rare for horror. Yes, um, and the gore is like, there's an, ep- an episode, season three, episode one has a, uh, a someone, a, 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 an undead killed by having a harp pushed down on her face. And then you just get to watch so that's face fine. peel open. So that's fine. So having somebody's face peel open via a harp's fine, yeah. but having a, a tree tickle a mimsy, that, that's no good. You, I, I would suggest you go watch the scene. It was particularly tasteless and and, and pointless. Wait, and just... it's, a, it's a horror film. What are you talking no, about? It taste and points. Again, if you watch it, there's uh, it just uh, doesn't match the rest of the movie. Taste. You love rape. That's your problem. Rape's delicious. Yes, of course. <laughs> well, no, thinking, no, no, are you no, thinking of grape? No, I'm thinking of rapeseed oil. And oh, that's, that's the true ravager of this planet. <laughs> Vile. That, so, so, so good they had to rename it canola. 
Oh, um, are they the same thing? Yep, they're the same uh, thing. Your do you watch baskets? Um, I'm looking at one now. It's got some rubbish in it. That's not a very good joke. It's uh, Zach Galifianakis playing a failed, uh, playing I'll a failed clown. Actually, that that sounds like it would work. Zach, it's so good because he is a failed clown. It is a one of the most. It's so dark and grim, and yet it's somehow still funny despite the awfulness of everyone. Louis Anderson. Plays listen to his this. Mom. Listen to this. This mm-hmm. is my 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 pen. Listen to what I'm doing. Goodness me! And I launched the pen, and now I'm going to. I've got this little tag from a Uniqlo jacket, and I'm going to write <laughs> baskets. That's not going to mean anything to you tomorrow. S K E T S colon failed clown clown. So Victoria just sees this strange <laughs> tag lying around Pops saying baskets failed clown. She'll call the police. There you go. Anyway, Zach Galifianakis, uh, is it Louis Anderson? I can't remember his name. Really enormously, dangerously fat American comedian. He plays Zach Galifianakis's mum. And as is so, you know how if you watch any of Galifianakis's stand up, he always seems to play his own gay brother. I don't watch his stand up. I've only oh, okay. watched The Ferns. Oh, right. Well, I don't know if his, I don't know if his brother's ever been on that. So he often, what he does is he shaves his beard off and then plays his own brother. Um, and oh. he, that, that, he's a character in the show, although despite being astoundingly camp, for some reason is married in this version. Um, oh, right. So you, so, you, so, you, so you can't be, a man can't be married to a man, John. Is that, is no. that what you're saying? Hey, that's a, oh, that was an interesting revelation of my innate homophobia. Yes, indeed. Married to a lady with children. Well, um, go, 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 go and kill yourself now. Fair enough. You don't deserve to live in our new world. That's true. <laughs> Hmm. i'll go and get the labor party to have me murdered <laughs> yes um yeah it's really good and really dark and grim louis ck uh was one of the created it but he's been booted off series three apparently so oh because he he liked his, to show show ladies his 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 special man man drips come out yeah yes. it, i did ask but well you know did you ask about louis ck no, Louis C.K. when he... When I said, oh, I see, said, yeah. Well I, well, I did ask, and now I realise that maybe I was a bit naive and thinking everybody was that enthusiastic as I thought they were. Oh, it's so... Ew. <laughs> Poor ew. Louis C.K. I do feel sorry for him. It is extraordinary. He used to be talked about uh, by comics. American comics revered him because he had this... Not only did he do a thing that American comics don't do, which is make an hour of new comedy and new material every year, which is normal for UK comics, but in America it's just unheard of. So he would put out a new he would put out a new hour every year, and at the same time was had this deal with FX to make the TV show, where he mm. could do anything. He wrote, directed, edited it himself, and there was no network interference. And everyone used to talk about this as the the um, the, the this golden opportunity that only he'd ever managed to achieve. And he was so popular, and he started so many different shows. Yeah, and yeah, it's extraordinary. Um, were you sad so he's to gone. see him? Yeah, um, I, well, I am. I'm sad that you don't get to see him, him being funny anymore. And I'm obviously sad that he was doing such awful, awful things. Yeah, but they weren't, you see, that they weren't awful in the same way that um, some of the others were awful. They were kind of slightly pathetic and Again, we're back and, to pathetic, yeah. Yes, which, uh, yeah, very, very unseemly. I mean, I, I'm... I'm quite serious. I I kind of don't understand those sorts of people, by which I, if you look at what he did, if you look at um, what uh, Bill Cosby did, if you look at uh, obviously um, what uh, our old friend Harvey did, um, 
I genuinely, you know, they say, oh, yes, it's, all men are capable of this. I genuinely can't put myself in that position because the very thought of doing anything close to that mortifies me in a way that yeah. is so horrific that I'd shrivel up to nothing very quickly. I mean, it's, I, I genuinely can't, even if I, even if somebody said you have to do it or, or, or put a hex on me, it's just, it's, it's, it's like telling me to go and eat a slug or something. It, I don't, I don't get it. Um, and, that's why I wonder whether actually that must be a different species. Different species, or is it something that comes with power? Maybe when you, once you start feeling well, you're a more very powerful. Power, I mean, yeah, you've got the blue tick now, the blue check That's on Twitter. True. Are you are you beginning to feel like you need to commit some mild rapes? No, not yet. Not as yet. Mm, just I what's just show my penis to people in supermarkets. That's as far as it's gone for me. Yes, but you've always been a hugger. Hmm. <laughs> And uh, yeah, it's, it is it is a bit strange, though. It's a little bit strange because I want to think that I'm capable of unalloyed evil, but I find it very <laughs> difficult. Well, yeah, because, you know, this you is how saying... we're so different, whereas I am constantly terrified that I will suddenly be about to. And yet no, because I'm pathetically innocent. No, you do that there. But for the grace of God, go, I think. But you think, well, no, actually not. I seem to be very different. And then you want to be you want to at least have the potential of the heart of darkness, don't you, to be a fully no. A fully fledged human isn't that what jesus said well, to us I... even though thou canst be evil <laughs> thou shalt not i mean what's the point of having free will if it's never properly tested i'm fairly certain that jesus didn't speak in in uh, medieval uh, english but um yes, he did idiot. sorry i apologize <laughs> um aramaic and king aramaic and king and medieval english are very similar mm. Uh, no, I, I don't because, and the reason I don't is because the nature of anxiety disorder is the constant fear that you're about to become the monster. Mm. So for me, it's quite the opposite. This perpetual terror that I will suddenly be the things I'm most scared of mm. makes me just know I don't have any empathy for what you said at all. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Have you ever become a monster? Not yet. Not yet, but Not any yet. moment now, any just, moment now. <laughs> evidence and logic aren't useful elements, frankly. Oh, talking about monster, you saw the article about cream teas that I forwarded you. Yes, I did. A, 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 I, I'm not going to tell the listener about it, but it was basically an article. I'm not going to, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it's basically an article saying how a poster about cream teas offended a number of people. <laughs> it was, it, you'd think, you starts off thinking like it's tongue in cheek, and then uh, you just realise it's people who really just. Need Brexit. To, need to have some more problems in their lives. Brexit, folks. This one feel less relevant to them. Well, I, I think they clearly know something that we know. You know, I think actually that presentation could cause a okay, lot I'm of damage. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question then. If which because I was thinking, I was talking to someone recently. I was explaining to a friend who mm. has never heard this podcast. How dare they? I know. What sort of friend are they? Kind of monster. Mm. Um, although, in fairness, it's quite, quite if, you know, if I only got to know them well in the last six months, they have had much opportunity. No, bearing in mind your laziness at recording. Oh, if you don't, you don't, you listener, if you knew how many times Nick has let me down. Mm. Um, anyway. And also not recorded a podcast with That's you. <laughs> You've never let me down that you way. You see, I've helped, I've hel- I helped You're you. You're a very generous lover yeah carry on anyway um yes uh uh, just explain to someone about the whole cream teas thing and just you know this is where it's gone and then telling remembering that at our wedding we had the whole cream tea between the ceremony and the reception as an in joke and think how did i ever get away with that with with anything there were good scones they were weren't they that's our friend laura made those they were very good 
Yeah, and we discussed on the podcast how good they were. So if you, if you want to find out how good they were and to see that we're not just misremembering things with rosy glasses, the benefit of podcasting means you can go back in time and find out whether I'm telling you the truth. There are still some in our freezer. No. <laughs> yes, for real. You've got to keep it forever. Like when, like when people keep slices of wedding cake as mementos. Yes. You've got like the, the, uh, the scone of wedding. I think the the old fashioned thing was that you kept a layer of wedding cake for your child's first child's christening. Mm. Um, although since Toby hasn't been christened, any updates uh, at your side on uh, Theresa May? <laughs> nothing, nothing, no, no new news there. I'm afraid. I think that's true. I think since we recorded a year and a half ago, I don't think anything has really happened with her, which is really quite telling. But I don't Donald think there Trump's is about to create world peace. So that's good. Uh, yeah, well, you know, you say that fatuously, but it takes a madman to do it, doesn't it? I said they, there was a nice joke. Oh, my goodness. This this week's episode of Saturday Night Live was like they'd fired all the writers and hired a new team. It was funny from the start all the way. Why do you, why do you watch it? Because it, sometimes it's funny. No. Um, Weekend Update is genuinely always good. So it's worth it for that. And there's mm. some good. Um, I mean, just Kate McKinnon is so brilliant on that program. Mm. Her, she's become the workhorse for SNL at the moment. She's doing her impressions of Jeff Sessions and um, oh, who's the guy? Robert Mueller. She did this new this this. What, week. A lady doing impressions and of a man, and they do so much prosthetics for them, and they're <laughs> so funny, so funny. Um, I mean, she's doing everyone. She's Kellyanne Conway, and she's incredible. And she, what she's doing, which is um, what SNL hasn't done for decades, is she's creating grotesque caricatures such that you start to think of the the real person as the caricature. That like she plays a spitting image, image puppet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so you've got Alec Baldwin doing a great job of that with Trump, which is why Trump finds that impression so offensive. Mm. Um, and then she's just... Kate McKinnon is just blowing it out of the water with all these other impressions. So you start to really think about Jeff Sessions as having... When she plays Jeff Sessions, he's this creepy little uh, goblin creature and has a, a nasty little rat tail. So it's really hard to not think of Jeff Sessions having a tail now. Oh, yeah. No, that's but that's it. The SNL's reached that point. And most, it's still half the episode is terrible. It's um, Keenan Thompson doing yet another Family Feud sketch. And, 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 and that's frustrating. But there's some really good bits in there. Anyway, they had a good joke about how um, Donald Trump's going to realise if he does meet uh, Kim Jong-un, he's going to realise, oh, I'm just, I'm just Twitter mad. This guy's actually mad. This man killed his uncle with a cannon. Yes, exactly. And he's going to realise he's maybe a little bit out of his depth. Yeah, or they'll bond marvellously. <laughs> or they'll become best of friends. It could go either way. <laughs> it could become the feel-good comedy of the summer. <laughs> Actually, yes, now that you've said that, I suddenly realise we're in, we're in the plot of that film, aren't we? The, um, the Seth Rogen film. They, they said it could never be done. Um, oh, my goodness, I'm just picturing the, the, the trailer at the moment. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yes. Who would um, who would direct it? Uh, Jad Apatow, obviously. Obviously, yeah. yeah. Ah. Oh yeah, well, there we go. That's done. Well, you better say goodbye to everybody if you've got to go and give your child. I've given you an extra ten minutes. You used to get. I want to do the dinner dinner tea thing. You used to get so cross when people say dinner instead of tea, and now you get cross when people say tea. Yeah. So what are you allowed to say for an <laughs> evening meal? What's the correct term? Intermittent fasting. <laughs> What do you say to Judith on the, in the bizarro wild land where you'd actually help? Um, what would you say if you were doing tea for Judith? What would you call it? I'd probably say, it's time to eat. <laughs> um, a meal time! <laughs> it, <laughs> in specific It's time for some sustenance. In, 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 in,
interstition. Yes, the word obviously. I'm stumbling on saying. Yeah, yeah there you go. Fair well enough. done. Right, I'm going to go full speed. How's Lucy? Oh, she's becoming how's quite. Lucy? She's become quite nice recently. Now that's uh, a strange twist in the stubby tale to end this podcast on. We'll 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 talk about that later, shall we? Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.